Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net and BartonBroStudios.com, and welcome to today's very special interview with an extremely talented comic book creator by the name of Joe Sontag, the creator, the creator of Reaper Destroyer. I remembered <laughs> it, man. Sometimes I'm like Death Reaper. What was it again? Reaper yeah. Destroyer. Yo. Sick, sick comic book, which thank you. Ultimately became an Ash Cam man. Welcome. It's it's great to be able to catch up with you again. I've been hanging out for this. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me back. I remember I was on here not too long ago and had a blast talking with you guys about just a mm -hmm. lot of things. You know, so it's gonna be fun. Hail, hail the chat. Welcome everybody. Good to see mm -hmm. everyone here. Hail to the chat. Speaking of the chat, let's give them a, a warm welcome. We've got uh, some acknowledgement. You know, the chat likes it when you acknowledge them. Yeah. I, I learned that, you know, I've learned that over time. Big welcome <laughs> to the Replicator. How are you Rob. doing, man? What's Good to on, see brother? you. Uh, crazy Mads in the house. We've got Corey Barton. He, he's looking after He's looking after the chat, too. You know, we're tag teaming me and Corey. It's good to have a second Barton. What's going bro. on, Corey? NTM Comics, we've got no Braylon way. Rogers. What's up, Braylon? Eric Weathers. Uh, Eric Weathers. You know, I've been There's talking the to this. There's the man. I've been talking to this talented individual about doing some lettering recently. Very Definitely excited. Do Dude's awesome. Very excited to get that underway. We've got Good Stuff, Comic Skater in the house. Arrogant Ape, another very charismatic individual. I'm Tail slightly arrogant. jealous, you know, of his charisma. <laughs> We've got Chris Cranham. Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? It's good to see you here. As always, it wouldn't be the same without you. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of other people jumping on, joining us today. We've got Darren Waggett. I mean, he was first here. He's a true fan of the Barton Bros, and we're a true fan of him. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, we've got someone. Um, Is that a bot? Yeah, must be a bot, I, I would say. Uh, Popular, man. Got the bots coming in. Yeah, I've always got these sexy ladies leaving comments on my videos. Like, <laughs> yeah, I okay. know, right? Like, like oh, cool. Hell yeah. And uh, I just choked on my Cheerios. Oh. How you doing, man? Welcome. That's an awesome name. <laughs> it is. It is. It's memorable, man. You're not going to forget that too soon. Yeah. So what's been going on, Joe? I mean, there's been some major developments on your end uh, as a comic book creator. One might even argue a cause to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. So since the, la the last time I was on, I was sitting here uh, promoting the Ashcan, and uh, which which did awesome, by the way. Like, thank you to everybody that mm -hmm. backed that. I think ultimately there was like 172 uh, copies that were reserved uh, by the backers, and that was just that was overwhelming. Uh, just really, really cool. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I think my dog just came in on the. <laughs> she's like right above me. I just heard it, heard right, a, right. a loud noise. Um, but yeah, I just I, I was able to uh, get the ash cans in and printed and, and let me say, um, and I've said this before, that for uh, a first timer and granted, like you gotta go all the way back to 2007 was the last time I held something in my hands that was like a created book that had script and everything, uh, and so it's been a long time. So the first time I held this book, this book in my hands right here, and there it actually is. got to flip through it and read it as as you know just like as a reader was was crazy like i have to say like everybody has gone through that before i now know what you feel like when you, you when you get this for the first time and it was just it's like a, a kid on christmas morning you know seeing this for the first time it's so so cool and i gotta say like that would not have been possible without everybody backing it so uh 
help make a dream come true. You guys are so awesome. And I really, really appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I've got this. I've been packing it. Uh, my wife has been helping me out, which has been amazing because I started doing it myself because she was really busy and it was going slow. But then when, mm. when she jumped in, tag teaming it, you know, we're, we're getting stuff packed up and getting it out there. Uh, I got a, another bunch of books going out tomorrow and i think i only have one more trip to the post office after that and they should all be getting out into the mail so yeah man it's Heck uh yeah it's man crazy a lot lots happened over the last couple of weeks dude i saw the photos that you posted online of the physical book the ash can and i mean it doesn't look like any ash can i've ever seen dude yeah. that thing is <laughs> premium quality it looked like what level of stock did you have on the cover man it looked like it was made of card it's it's close. Uh, I can't remember the exact stock, but it's it's a foil cover, so it's it's you know it's a pretty good solid. Yeah, look at that. You know. That's beautiful, man. So it's it's really solid, and then the I think the inside is a little bit, a little hmm. bit a little bit thinner, but it's still it's high quality. It's good quality stuff. I actually like it quite a bit. Did we um, get a peek inside? Just a little yeah, peek. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm, like, All right, let me let me get that big. Look at that. Oh, dude. I'm just gonna focus on that, but yeah shiny yeah yeah it's and eric weathers did a fantastic job of mm -hmm. the lettering and everything in it i highly recommend everybody go seek him out um and, and have him letter mm -hmm. your books for you because uh placement wise and just everything font wise you know that was that was a thing that that i really wanted like this book is you know and i've said this before it's a throwback to the 90s i'm not trying to copy the 90s by any means but i want it to be a familiar feel mm -hmm. to anybody that had that love for books back then like the darkness the spawn and whatnot mm -hmm. so i wanted to have a, a little bit of that aesthetic when it came to the letters you know as well and i was just like i yeah. want a font that kind of reminds that you know like all this kind of stuff and eric did his magic and he sent that back and i hardly had any kind of notes i was just like fuck, i love it <laughs> you know i saw it nice. first, i was like yes yep let's go with this so so yeah. now that you've got it printed and you've got it lettered and you're holding it in your hands, does it feel like a real comic book that you might have read in the 90s? Like, yeah, that's got to be magical. It does. And like, okay, so Sean, <clears throat> Sean Aaron, my, my co-host on, on Ott and stuff, he's like mm -hmm. one of the first guys I, I get a hold of with, with everything, whether it's news about the book or just whatever. And we went through that not too long ago when he got his ash can back from the printers. It was the same thing. You know, I got to experience that joy he had with seeing you holding it in his hands for the first time. And, you know, I, I, I called him up as soon as I got it. And I was like, dude, just stepping back for a second and just and reading the book to try to try as best as you can be in the creator, but just as best as you can stepping back and just reading it with, with fresh eyes as well as you can was, was yeah. crazy fun. You know, I was like, it's a real comic, you know, <laughs> like you start reading, it's like, fuck, it's a real, it's a real book. It's, it's a story, you know, like the yeah, art's man. there. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, overjoyed is the way i can the only way i can describe it is just overjoyed that's awesome now how long were you working on this comic book for before you got to this point because it seems <clears throat> like it seems like you started a few months ago when you started promoting it i know that wasn't the case but it yeah, feels I was, like yeah. it i was just saying, it definitely then, wasn't the case but <laughs> here we are and you've got it out it's this it's pretty cool man what i've got done so far for the ash can i'd actually been working on for a little bit and Part of that was um, I started working on the book and I, I kind of had my team together, so to speak. You know, I, I was talking mm -hmm. to an inker. I was talking to a colorist at the time that was originally going to color it. And I started going forward. And then both those guys ended up not being able to do it. So then I had to, I stopped kind of drawing at that point 
Mm. And I was trying to, I was in a, in this weird kind of space where I was like, do I keep drawing or do I wait till I have a team in place? Um, should I start inking myself? There's like all the stuff I was trying to figure out what to do. And then I got another inker attached to the project. So I, I got all like, you know, juiced up again, started drawing again. And then he dropped out. So Damn. it was another thing. It was I, There was just That's a brutal. lot of stop and go because at that time I hadn't announced anything. I didn't announce mm. I was doing a book. It was just, I was just starting it. You know, I was kind of learning how to go, uh, the process of putting it together. And it was just in the infancy of just kind of getting it going. Um, mm. It wasn't until I got Joe Weems on board that I got a contract in place and a guy that was going to be solid to do the book. And I was like, all right, now I can actually start working on this. Joe and Weems, then, guys. Joe Weems. Yeah, and, and fantastic. And the dudes, I mean, you're, you're going to see, if you got the ash can, you're going to see it. Or if you see me post things, on, on Twitter, you've seen his work over my lines. They're just they're absolutely gorgeous. Um, but there was there was there was times. I mean, there's been a bunch of times this year uh, where I stopped and did commissions and things of that nature. But once I finally started uh, advertising that I was doing this, I've, I've got a lot more constant work on it. Right now, I'm working more on layouts than I am actually finishing pages that and I've, I've got uh, something I'm working for. Uh, another comics gator right now i'm trying to work on getting that out but my main mm -hmm. focus right now is working on laying out the pages because that's that's the hardest part to me that's the most time consuming oh, yeah. part is the layout to get it right and then you go back and render it you know and that's just a fun part you know but laying yeah, out is that that's the one that's time consuming ah oh, dude laying out i love it's uh it's mm -hmm. funny because i didn't i didn't realize how uh i almost feel like i was made to create comics because of the layout process. Yeah. It it's such a great way of storytelling to be able to do it visually. Oh, and yeah. for some reason I just have a lot of fulfillment doing it. We, I've had the opportunity to do it on Borok and a few other things. And it's just been uh yeah, surprisingly wonderful. Mm -hmm. If I could be hired just to do layouts like as a regular gig, yeah. That would be a dream, man. Because I'm a really slow artist, so to go yeah. from layouts to finished inks Same here. takes me forever. Yeah. But layouts alone, it's like, dude, I can whip whip a few of those up in a day, you know? One of the, well, one of the reasons why I wanted to work with uh, an inker, one, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, as slow as an artist as I am, I'm faster at penciler, or penciling than I am at inking. Um, so I was like, I try to cut time in half, let's get a good inker and have him handle that, and I'll just focus on, on penciling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the layout process, man, that's, that's my favorite. I love rendering it and getting it finished and seeing that finished product, but the layout's fun. Cause that's where all the energy is. That's where the experimenting is, you know, and with me, I do everything, um, traditional and physical on the board. So, mm -hmm. and I go like, nice. I might, I might do like a, a little quick guide, uh, thumbnail guide. I don't blow it up. I just do a little guide. It's just so I can have kind of visual reverence reference of what i want to do and i go right to the board and then just let it flow mm -hmm. um that's my favorite to me because there's the energy in the lines because it's a lot more sketchy you know so I'm, I'm doing yep. lighter lines i'm not worried about really finishing stuff out so i can just experiment and you know i do a lot of erasing i i learned a long a while ago that erasing is okay oh yeah that erasing, erasing is, is okay, okay. Yeah, when I was younger, I, I hardly ever raced because I thought that was like a weakness, you know, and it, yeah, well, it they, stunted my growth, you know, as being an artist. 
there is that school of thought that is taught within some art schools that it's a bad thing to erase. It's like there's a weird stigma that gets yeah. incorporated into some artists' learning, you know, and, and you'll hear some artists are like, no, I never use a pen, so I only use a pen so that I'm specifically trained to not erase and to always lay down the right, right line. But I feel like, man, how can you – there's no room for exploration if that's the way in which you approach the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's un unneeded. Uh, it's shackling down your your imagination unneededly. Yeah. You know, like because I could be drawing something, and I could start out really, really liking it, hmm. and you know I might move on to a different panel or depending on whatever I'm working on, and then go back to another panel and be like, you know what, I want to do something different now. Right. Like seeing the entire page, like I feel like I could do something different here that would be better. And boom, just erase it because the way I lay out everything is very light. You know, I very I use a very dull pencil, and so yeah. I can just do very light lines and do you know keep the energy. And if I want to erase it, take my kneaded eraser and erases it real nice and easy. Not a lot of indents or uh, like uh, shadow lines or whatever left on the page. And I go back in, I can change things up. And it you know being able to adjust like that, I think is great. Like if I had to just be stuck with what I did originally, you know, it, it wouldn't be the way it should be. You know, and hmm. having the time to draw like we do, you know, not being in the industry and having to pump something out on a deadline allows you to go back and say, I can change this because I can make this the best it can be. And mm -hmm. it looks different now than it did when I first laid it out and I'll make it better. You know, and it, yeah, that's freedom. I love that freedom. OK, cool. OK, <clears throat> so <clears throat> do you ever think that freedom can hold you back from allowing you to have the push that is required sometimes to just get shit done yes because uh, <laughs> yes. i know like there's the whole thing you gotta hold yourself accountable but unless i'm working for somebody it's like uh, like there's nothing i could do to punish myself really right to to hold myself that accountable and like i can't fire myself Unless I'm like, all right, if I don't get this page done today, I'm never doing comics again. I'm moving on to something else that does it, yeah. right? But uh, I don't know, man. Like, how do you motivate yourself then as somebody who is probably going to continue down this path of creating comics free of, you know, the the overarching bosses that would have otherwise been there uh, yeah, it, and, it's... and actually produce stuff on a regular schedule? It, it, it is hard sometimes um, mm. because I have no boss, you know, so yeah. uh, sometimes it's before I replaced my writer, um, the guy that was originally writing the book with me, uh, Joel, um, mm. he was really good at, at, at getting on my ass about stuff. Like I would show him progress of pages. Is that like, why hey, you man. replaced him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, get out of here, man. Like, <laughs> no, but like he was really good at just saying like, he's like, dude, that's good. He's like, yeah. it really is good. He's like, if you're, you know, if you're noodling it out more, you just, you know, it might look mm. great, but, you know, that's what you have an inker for. That's what you have a colorist for. They can go in and do some of the stuff that you visually you want to do. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of an ego as an artist. Totally. Like, I want to do these things, you know, like, so I got to kind of let that ego go a little bit to let the inker and the, and the colorist have room to do what they do. And then they'll make it look fantastic. But mm -hmm. when he was on board, I did have another voice in my ear saying, like, move on, man. Move on. Like, it's good. Yeah. It's good enough. It's done. Go. Um, mm -hmm. He's not there anymore. So now it's a little bit more on me. 
And the problem with me is I'm a perfectionist, you know, and in the back yeah. of my mind, I'm like, you know, if, if somebody's going to spend, you know, $25 plus shipping on this for a campaign, you know, I'm trying to put my best possible work into this so that when they read it, it's a very fulfilling experience, you know, yeah. and, and maybe not everybody gets into the art like I do, because I am coming from like viewing it as the art, you know, like when I look at books, the art is the most important thing to me first, because that's what I'm visually seeing. So totally. I just I, I feel like I, pr I have that like aspect, like everyone's got that mentality. So maybe I put a little bit more premium on, on the way the art looks than maybe a, a normal reader will that just wants to read a good looking story. But mm -hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I have to make this page the best. So it's a constant struggle to say that, yeah. you know, and, and I've listened to interview after interview of, of pros talking about a page layout in 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 uh, developing stories and the pages that you should spend a lot of time on and the other pages that you just need to get through because it's, you know, a story like you don't have to make the best uh, visual scene of two people talking in a room when you're doing dialogue to move the story along. But if you want to do something mm -hmm. that's more spectacular, spend time on those pages. That's hard for me to learn because I want to pour everything into every page. So it's still a learning yeah. experience for me as an artist to know what to pour into, what to pull back a little bit. Um, but still, like, you know, I just I haven't I have that I have that worry and I have an ego. Like, I just want people to look at every single page and be like, wow, 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 wow throughout the book. You know, so it's hard for me to say that this page is done. So yeah. it, it's it's something I have to work on, um, especially now that the campaign's going to be kicking off and like it's. I'll be working on the book more consistently and mm -hmm. I just, I really have to learn to let my uh, brilliant, brilliant, fantastic inkers uh, do what they do over my lines and know that they can add stuff that I won't have mm. time to do, you know, especially like backgrounds and, and small details of that, that nature, they can come in and, and do that stuff, you know, and that that's a collaboration of, of making comics. For sure, man. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to, to <clears throat> want to give, your backers, the people who supported you, the, the would-be readers, your very best. Um, and in a regular scene where you just got two people sitting down at a coffee shop having a good old chat, good old chinwag, uh, sometimes, <laughs> you know, those pages can very, very easily be overlooked. It's like, meh, okay, whatever. Yeah. But then why add the page in at all, right? Right. Like, if it's not going to be exciting and it's not going to be epic and it's not going to hold the attention of the reader long enough to move the story forward, then, you know, I, I feel like every panel should make the reader want to keep reading. You know, it yeah, should exactly. never be like, they should never have a moment like, oh, yeah, you know, this is okay. And I've had that many times before as an experience reading comic books. I'm sure you mm -hmm. have to. I'm sure you yeah, guys yeah. have watching right now. It's For like sure. yep. you're sitting there reading it and... A question pops into your head and you go, why am I still reading this? You know, <laughs> I mean, and it's it's like, yeah, it's sometimes to do with the amount of dialogue or the, the, the boringness of the story. But a lot of the time, it just may be that the visuals aren't captivating enough. And uh, I don't think a lot of people realize exactly how much of a role those visuals play in a comic book, especially. Oh, yeah. And you could have an entire comic book without dialogue and have a great story. Yep. You know, and they've been done before, you know, yep. those are out there and they're fantastic, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I guess the trick is figuring out how to take an incredible style like your own Joe, and then figure out a way to optimize it so that you can get it done faster. Well, there's, there's definitely, t and one of the things 
one of the things I learned over the last few years, um, so I stopped, I, I physically kind of stopped drawing except for doing stuff for, you know, art for my band. A lot of that was um, Photoshop and then I would do some kind of hand-drawn stuff like like this this hoodie right here mm. was like a hand-drawn thing and I went into Photoshop and, and did a bunch of stuff to it. Yeah, nice. Um, but when I when I got back to drawing again, I, I, I like 2016 was the first year where I, I started trying to regain my skill again. And you know, you, you don't draw for a while. It's like, not working out you lose mm. muscle mass so you got you got to work it back up Hell so yeah, I, I dove back into relearning you know and it and i got it back pretty quickly which i was happy about but one of the things i, I learned was what not to draw as opposed to what to draw you know because i would be drawing let's say you're drawing a scene and you have like a you're in an atmosphere and you have a wall or you got rubble or something like that i wanted to draw everything to the ground you know, all the details, lines go everywhere and, and whatnot. And it really took me study into into art and how artists lay things out to be like, well, I don't need to connect this line here with this line, you know, because mm -hmm. your background's fading into the background. The colorist can do stuff to make that make that bring it out. You know, I don't have to show every single line going where it needs to go, you know, because the focus is you know, where I'm putting the focus and everything else is supposed to complement that. So there are things mm -hmm. like that I learned that that made drawing a little faster because i'm like okay and I, like i saw something for the first time like it's making sense the light bulb went off in my head i'm like okay i get it i get it um and mm. i'm still like you know like constantly constantly learn your craft of drawing you know and i know yeah. that's something you do and, and all the good artists do it like constantly learn more and more you know improve on your weaknesses see mm. what somebody else is doing that is uh working really well for them try to adopt that if it works good for you uh, yeah. You never finish product, you know, and I'm always I still learn new tips all the time. I'm just like, oh, that's really cool. I got to start doing that. You know, like that might help me in this area. That might help me do this better. You know, mm. <clears throat> learning, yeah, personal learning experience. It's there's so many different things that you need to consider as well. It's not just your approach to the artwork, but even what style you decide to go for in the first place. And of course you have those influences that inspired you to take up the pencil in the first place. But then there's also the expectations of your audience. And mm. if you do want to change it up, for example, right now, uh, Corey and I have been discussing our next project. And because we're slow as hell at doing our really detailed uh, dark fantasy style for yeah. our sci-fi books, we wanted to go for more of a Michael Turner look. Now, uh, we have to ask ourselves, well, how is the audience going to respond to that, knowing who we are and having seen our work before? And also on top of it, uh, are our skills in the area of dark fantasy are going to begin to diminish as far as rendering and laying down mm. shadows? Uh, if we ever want to go back to it, are we going to be able to go back to it? I mean, as so, long as you don't abandon it, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're still up to practice, practice it. Drawing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you look at all... Look at all the famous artists from like the generation that we grew up loving, right? Um, look at their experimentation in the '90s. Uh, mm. You can, I mean, take Jim Lee for instance. He did a few different things in the '90s that were different. Um, he had the very detailed style when he was on X Men. You know, early Wildcats. You know, a lot of cross hatching. Um, did a lot of that Portacio kind of bounce lighting and, and shadowing and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. then later on in the 90s, he tried doing a little bit more of the J. Scott Campbell, 
less detail, more cartoony, but it was still Jim Lee figured, you know, but he was able to go back and and still, he had all that knowledge and I'm sure he probably, well, that dude was just awesome artist anyway. So I'm sure he could, he's incredible, draw whatever he wanted to draw. But, you know, you see artists experiment all the time. A lot of it, I think is, uh, you know, a lack of time when you were pumping out, you know, issues every month, you know, some, some have to pull back on the detail. Uh, you know, the image guys had a luxury. I don't know if you want to call it a luxury, but their books weren't coming out on a monthly basis. Most of the time, that's mm. why they looked so amazing. You sure. know, that's why Pitt looked fucking awesome in the beginning. And a lot of these books look great because they were coming out like mm. bi-weekly or, you know, you know, once every three months, you know, but because they were putting mm. a lot of work into them. Uh, and then you look at some of the other artists that were losing, you lose steam after a while. We we yeah. just we just did that uh, appreciating comic book art live uh, Stephen Platt edition uh, with mm-hmm. Malin the other day, and I was Love looking it. at Platt's work on Moon Knight, and his yeah. first issue on Moon Knight was fucking awesome. The detail was mm-hmm. great, and then the second issue we did completely different. It was almost like he did layouts and somebody finished it. You know, it's because like, and Malin was like he probably blew his load on that first you know page <laughs> or that first book, and it took forever, and then he had to pump out that second book to get yeah. the you know get it out on time. And uh, yeah, right. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, two forces that are constantly pulling on either side of any comic book artist out there, uh, which is doing your very best work, but doing it on time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those image guys, as you said, did that until the hammer came down and the fans started getting pissed off and yeah. just not going to buy their books anymore they were like well i've been trying to follow this story but i can't because the book just never comes out and so and then of course that's when you get the lower quality art coming from these artists and you can tell it's just crushing their soul like their heart isn't in it after a while if you can't do your best work you got to ask yourself why am i doing comic books at all you right. Know, why yeah. am I here? Am I just am I just another dude on a conveyor belt churning out another comic that doesn't really matter? That's going to be forgotten about. I know that's not your attitude, and I know it's not mine. Yeah, and and it sucks when you're forced into that frame of mind. Yeah, and that it's absolutely true, and that's 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 the big difference between um, the the industry, so to speak, and then like independent mm-hmm. books because. We're not beholden beholden to uh, that schedule, you know, because yeah. we just can't. I mean, for one, you can't. There's, you know, it takes a lot of money and a lot of uh, uh, financial company ability to put books out on a monthly basis. You know, uh, most yeah, independent man. creators can't do that. So we kind of have the luxury to have a little bit longer to work on our books and make it the best. Um, with that being said, you know, it's still kind of a learning experience because you still want to get the books out in a timely fashion for the backers, you know? So it's, uh, it's a double edged sword, you know, because we could, you know, if, if, if we're doing crowdfunding and we wanted to turn our books out fast, we could just mm. cruise through the book, you know, mm. and just get it out. But then what would the art quality be like, you know, totally. the story would still hopefully be good, but the art quality might not be the greatest. And then, and, it's a, and then mm. why are we doing it? You know, like, I. And that's just coming from me as an artist point of view. Like again, like that, that's my mentality of wanting to put the best on every every page that I can. Like I want it to be, mm-hmm. I want it to be awesome when someone reads it. So, yeah, I, I can't just put out something and just get it out because 
I'm running behind, you know, like it's, it's heart, it's heartbreaking. You know, when you're working yeah. on a page and you just start trying to speed up and get through it, get through it and you look at it and you can't have that satisfaction to say, I did my best work on this page because you didn't and you can yeah. see that you didn't, but then you just move on. Like, I just don't, I don't want to do that. You know, like yeah. I feel like I'm cheating somebody. Well, if, and of course people tell you, Hey dude, it looks good anyway, but you know, you know, True. it wasn't your yeah. best and you'll always yeah, Some people might think page. it's great, but yeah, we know, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. Absolutely, man. It's it's a funny thing because I, I guess heading into Reaper Destroyer now and actually uh, st starting to think about crowdfunding the, the next issue. Was was the Ashcan the first issue and now you're crowdfunding the second issue? Is that the idea? So the Ashcan is just, just a preview, yeah, and I'll be right crowdfunding on. the actual book. So, cool. so this uh, Ashcan... Like I said, it was only going to be printed this one time. I am going to do a second chance Ashcan for people that missed out on the first one in February. Um, hmm. And that's going to kind of coincide with the launch of the mailing list as well. And then cool. the actual book will be crowdfunded, and I'm going to take the rest of the year to work on it. Part of nice. that is because I'm working, one, I work with Joe Weems and Matt Banning. Um, fantastic inkers. If you guys don't know them, they're, they worked for Top Cow. They've inked pretty much every every major artist that's ever been in the mm -hmm. industry they've probably had to work with them at some point um yeah. but they are professional guys they are industry guys so it's not like i can just be like pump this out pump this out pump this out you know like in order mm -hmm. to get them i had to also work around their schedule as best as i can but yeah i wanted mm -hmm. the quality so i went with it so there's a little bit of time on their hand i had to allow them a certain amount of time to do the page that they've um agreed to do and the same thing with my colors you know brian valenza right now is working in the industry doing a lot of stuff i actually just talked to him today about getting some pages done for the mailing list and making sure that i've got stuff so i can launch with colors are not that big of a deal because i can get them at the end you know like but the totally. inks that's the big thing like i get those out to the guys and get them back as quick as possible um i you know i want to make sure that they have time and not rush themselves which they're not going to everything yeah, i've got course. back from them is is not been like rush you like they have put mm -hmm. to, put out some fantastic work and I've been extremely happy because there's always a worry, you know, and I've talked to some people that get less than the quality that you're expecting to get from a name that you're paying for, mm. you know, and when you're an indie guy, you don't have a name. Nobody knows who the hell you are and you're approaching some of these people that have a name in the industry and maybe they're taking it because it's a paycheck and maybe you get mm. less than what you're expecting from them. I think that's BS. My guys have not done that so far and they've been fantastic. So I think this book is going to look great based on their work. And I'm, I'm so excited to get this thing kicking and out to everybody. It does look really good. And I don't know if you've got some, some highlights there that you want to show us all. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, but if you can find some gems, uh, I'm sure the, the wonderful audience would love to see them. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about while you're doing that is when it comes to building Reaper Destroyer up as a series and getting yeah. the fans on board, what kind of expectations do you think you'll set for them as far as the frequency of their, their issues that they're hanging out to get and, and how long it takes them to come out? Right now, um, right now I'm because I'm brand new, I, I'm trying to do at least the one the one book a year kind of thing. Sweet. That's easy, but, right? Should be. 
It should be. It should be. You know, like, again, I'm a first timer, so I'm venturing into this as best as I can. You know, like, I'm talking to as many people as I can about the pitfalls and what, what to look out for. So I'm trying to go into it as best educated as I can into the crowdfunding game because, you know, it's a lot more than just doing the book. There's so much more involved. And I've, I've learned that over the last six months. Um, so I'm working on that as, as best I can with the hopes that. Uh, I can increase the frequency of books as I go. Uh, depends on how well the campaigns do. Depends on how much time I have to work on them. Uh, and I also have a bigger goal in mind. Like I have a, a universe I want to start building. You know, I've got other you know characters in mind and things that I want to do besides Reaper Destroyer that will mm. fit within my you know Superior Comics universe that I want to bring in other artists and writers to work with me and to get these these mm. products out. And you know, because that's always been my goal is like. I grew up a fan of, of the image comics, you know, and I always yep. wanted my own studio, just like they had their own studios. And I wanted to have, you know, my universe of characters. And I want to build that at some point. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to walk before I run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest thing. Let me see if I can find some stuff. Right oh, yeah. We're talking. No, man, I, I totally hear you. And, dude, I completely relate with you about the first time I saw one of those image comics and the impact it had on me. I would have been a kid at the time. I think some old lady was selling image comics at the local markets, and I grew up in a you know, a very small country town. So yeah. uh, we would always have these markets on the weekend, and uh, people <clears throat> back then would bring their old comics to sell, and you could pick up a bunch of them for like a few bucks. You know, $5 would get you like 10 comic books. It was really cool. Nice. And... Uh, it wasn't just the image guys that adopted that style. I think after they started putting it out and in, uh, Marvel and DC saw the reaction that fans were having to it, they changed things up a little bit on their end as well. They got very similar yeah. colorists, they got very similar line artists, and they started to somewhat imitate what was working for the image guys. I guess in order to not get completely overlooked by the fans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the biggest things you could see the influence um, that 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 had uh, Marvel when they lost the big the big seven guys, you know, when they went in in, in formed image, the second mm-hmm. wave of Marvel artists that came through a lot of them, they specifically had to do. They had them do very similar styles to the guys mm-hmm. whose books they were taking over. So you had like uh, Andy Andy Kubert came in and drew in a Jim Lee like style after Art T. Bear did, you know, wow. fill in of Jim Lee's kind of style because they were mm-hmm. trying to keep it because the, the art form was so important. They wanted to keep that aesthetic. And they don't want to just do this, this drastic change. And you had, I mean, guys, if you weren't there and you don't remember, I mean, these, these artists were, they were like generational talent style wise, you know, like mm. the way that they styled their art was unlike a lot of other artists so when they left the company you know to just expect that same art style to be everywhere you know that wasn't happening so they went to certain guys that were talented they went to the Kubert brothers and said i need you to draw like jim lee i need you to draw like mm. mark silvestri you know uh greg pulo has talked before about them wanting him to draw in a, in a similar kind of style when he was taking mm. over like x-force yeah. so it was it was an art style that really that, that permeated not just what they were doing with Image, but it affected everything. It affected Marvel. I don't know if it affected DC so much because mm. in in I remember in the 90s, I wasn't all impressed. I mean, there were artists I liked in DC, but 
I always mm. looked at him as like a lesser art style than Marvel and definitely mm-hmm. a lesser art style than Image at the time. That's a good point. Yeah, there, there was an intrinsic quality to that particular style the Image guys were bringing out that uh, I think still has a positive effect till this day on comic book readers. I don't know if anyone out there can help but be... I mean, I mean there's so many people who just... <clears throat> they're drawn to it. You know, it's, it's attractive. And it's because it's it's not it's it's so much more than a style. It's the energy within the lines. People love to see that movement. They yeah. love to to have the the story play out in front of them in that way. And it's it's somewhat. I would say the panel layouts were a huge difference as well. Before the the image dudes came along and actually innovated everything in a very big way. Those panels were laid out in a very basic manner, and it was boring. Yeah, it was boring in comparison, at least. It might have right, been acceptable before exactly. Image. Yeah, but then Image was was doing all this experimentation, and now I feel like we're in a time, we're in a place as independent comic book creators where we can start to do the exact same thing, and oh, really, that's no different from Image. Image is still an independent comic. Uh, comic book company. Yeah, yeah, it may be the biggest independent comic book company out there, but they were somebody who really pushed it to the max, made it successful. As did Top Cow, as did um, uh, Rob Liefeld's company and yeah, Storm Studios. And whatnot. Yeah, all them. exactly. Yeah, right. And they they realized um, at the time, you know, they tapped into what what the audience was liking, and and they wanted these big visuals, you know the uh mm. double page spreads or the bigger panels you know the the more distorted extreme action that they would do in their books that a lot of other artists weren't doing and a lot of that influence came from from like manga and anime and stuff like that you know you you know jim lee rob liefeld it, dan frag and Marat michaels they've all talked about the influences they got from uh the eastern style of of, of books or art and put into their into their styles mm-hmm. and that really did give an exciting new style to the turn of the decade when the 90s rolled around and started yeah. in marvel and then really you know took off when the early image books hit you know for sure man hey that page you've got up now looks absolutely epic you reckon you could zoom in for us oh, yeah, so we sorry. can have a better look yes yeah, so i mean detailed artwork like yours really you just want to get in close and study every single line yeah, so this is page two of the Ashcan, lettered, beautifully lettered by Eric Weathers, uh, scripted by myself and Mark Polden. And uh, this is my line work inked by Joe Weems on this page. Yeah. And he just did a, just a phenomenal job on this he page. He smashed it. Yeah, so- he did. It's, it's, it's still like a dream when I look at this work, you know, because it's my art, but it's, it's beautifully polished, you know. Yeah. One thing about Joe Weems' inks is that he does really bring that energy to the lines, uh, whether it's the rendering, whether it's the primary outlines around the figures, around the elements within the background. He really uh, pushes it. And you'll notice as well, uh, just for, for those uh, comic fellow comic book connoisseurs out there, that there's not a whole lot of rounded lines or curvaceous lines. What you really want to do to have a visual impact on your audience when you're putting together a comic book is you want to keep them straight, slick, clean cut. And that goes for almost all of your lines. Like there's very few completely curved lines that I'm seeing at all here, you know? Yeah. And 
it's something no doubt that you would have had to learn about. So let's talk about that for a moment, yeah. just the development of your skill set and your process and how you ended up at this, you know, because this just doesn't come out the moment you decide to pick up a pen. It's a bit of a process, <laughs> years yeah, it's of development and study. A lot of hard work. You know, I started drawing when I was eight years old. Um, so I've been drawing, you know, for 31 years now uh on and off you know there were times where obviously i didn't but i i believe that that i had a natural talent for drawing not that didn't Hell mean yeah. that i started drawing and i was all of a sudden great or anything i just had like this eye i had to, uh, just an eye to draw and i would start out just looking at a page looking at like a, a character that i liked and then just seeing if i could copy it not trace it but just look at it and then draw it on a, on a piece of paper and I did that for years, you know, copying like Jim Lee or, or you know, Liefeld or, or McFarlane or any of my any of my favorite artists. I would do that, you know, for a long time. And I would naturally start drawing certain things that they were they were doing, hmm. not knowing what the hell it was. Just I, it was copying in my mind. So I'm like, they did this here. So that must be the way it is. So I would start doing like lighting and, uh, and shading and certain crosshatching, not knowing what the hell it was but just doing it because that's what i saw on the page yeah. um and i you know i got all the books that you could get back in the day you know i had how to draw the marvel way you know i had uh how to draw like anime like all these books i my mom would buy books if she saw them other people that my grandparents or whatever they knew i drew so everybody supported me they're like here here's a drawing book here's this here's that and it, it was basically just uh draw stub my toe I, mean, I just drew all the time and that was the thing like when i was a kid i had nothing mm. to do but draw you know it, it'd be nice <laughs> totally. summer days and i'd be sitting in my room at my drawing table drawing away you know imagining i'm fucking working at image or something and working on my own <laughs> characters uh Heck it yeah, wasn't man. it wasn't until i got into my early 20s when i really kind of started taking it more serious like I always wanted to get into comics, but it was always just like this long off dream. Like someday, someday it'll happen. Someday I'll, I'll get there. And up, up to that point, I just drew. It wasn't until I actually started studying and, and actual learning why you do certain things, you know, because yeah. any artist, any young artist can get kind of caught up in their own art and think you're better than what you are. And mm. I, that was definitely me when I was when I was a teenager because I would draw something and it would look awesome. All my friends would be like, "Oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen!" You know, like you get yeah. all this adoration from everybody, and you're thinking to yourself, "Like, yeah, I'm the shit." You know, like I'm I'm awesome. People yeah. are gonna love this. You know, and it, it's it's stunned in my growth because I never tried to strive for anything better. I just keep on doing what I was doing. Well, when I hey. actually, yeah, go ahead, keep. Going. I was just say when I actually mm. started studying uh, line weights and 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 you know why you cross hatch, you know how you lit properly lit something and that's still something that i work on because lighting mm -hmm. something very dynamically some people are fucking amazing at it and other people have to really work at it i have to work at it but you know yeah. lighting is not my like natural thing like i have to really study and where i want the light to go how i want to bring out the shadows um i get so jealous of some of the guys that just seem like they do it effortlessly but um what really helped was I, I bought this DVD by Stephen Platt from uh, I can never the Nine One Workshop, right? Yes, yes. I can never remember the name of it. Yeah, the that one, and that completely 
changed my my view <laughs> on drawing and it, it opened my um, opened my eyes like never before because that was the first time I saw somebody draw something while they were explaining why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I understood why, you know, why we were cross hatching, you know, why we were doing mm-hmm. this. And, you know, it, it made so much sense that really made my, I, I had a giant jump when I did that. When I had that DVD, I studied it. I, I took a lot of those techniques. And I did a big jump in my art. And this was like in the early 2000s when i was like 20 21 22 or something like that i, mm-hmm. I noticed like a giant jump because i had an understanding you know i, I started yeah. to learn stuff i started to be like all right let's focus on drawing faces let's focus on you know some things that i never really worked on before um mm-hmm. and that was the same thing like when i took a long hiatus with with music i came back and i jumped right back into it. i'm like all right well what do i need to learn you know what what don't i know right now you know we live in a, uh, an age right now where for artists guys if you're not on youtube if you're not watching tutorials like how to draw comics, you know, or uh, .net stuff like that, if you're not utilizing everybody that's out there showing you how to do things, then you're doing yourself a disservice because there's so many avenues out there right now to learn how to draw better and learn better techniques. Once mm. you got, or once I got into that, you know, I saw I saw a lot of stuff change. It was all just learning. You know, it's basically you take your natural skill, but you have to work at it. You have to want to learn to do what you're doing yeah no doubt about it man and just what you were saying about the ego thing i think that that's something that many artists they distance themselves from a little bit it's like if someone says that you got an ego anybody really i mean you don't have to be an artist for someone to tell you that just someone who's outgoing and says what they want to say it's like oh dude you just got such an ego if you stand up for yourself and it's like well you know what every human has an ego and those who point at you and say that you got an ego probably have a bigger ego than you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you've, I think that it's important for artists especially to have enough ego to believe in themselves, enough ego to know that if they keep on pushing themselves hard enough, they can get better and they can be great, right? Now, if you've got so little ego that you'd never believe that in the first place and you just think you're constantly shit, then you're probably going to put down the pencil and never actually pursue it. You've got to believe that it is possible, that anybody can draw to an extent, especially you. And then that pushes you into the further study, right? Because that ego gets you going for a while. You shine your friends. They're giving you praise. But then it comes to a point where shit gets real. And you're like, well, if I want to pursue this as a career, I've actually got to earn money from it. And that's the ultimate, you realize that's the ultimate determiner of how good you are, which is how much money people are going to pay you for what you can produce. True. And and then you get into the Gnome 1 DVDs, which, by the way, I know they're they're old, but they are timeless. I would suggest anybody who wants to learn how to draw comic books. Get pick up the uh, the series by Stephen Platt on the Gnomon Workshop, and also the the series by David Finch. Yep, yeah, that's um, a great one too. Because they were huge game changers for me as well. So we kind of had the same experience there. I, I noticed an immediate jump within my work after sitting down and watching those courses. Now these days, that's a hard thing to do because there's so many things trying to pull our attention away, and we've got such a small span of focus. Yeah. Me included, man. I can't focus for as long, anywhere near as long as I used to. But if you can sit down, take it seriously, watch it through multiple times and practice exactly what you see in those DVDs, you will see a, a difference. You will notice a significant leveling up within your work. They show you the they show you the path, man. 
yeah, you know, and practice practice definitely makes perfect. And when you can learn from masters like that, it's just you know that's why I got so I get so jealous of the guys that in the '90s as a young artist similar to my age got into the industry and got to work in studios because mm. now you're learning under the tutelage of some of the best artists in the world and then some of the other guys that are around you that will help develop your skills you know and then that's how you learn that's how you you learn certain things you, you get better and better um now you have that opportunity not in a studio but you have the opportunity with youtube or or whatever you know so there's really no excuse to get better you know if you're just sitting there by yourself day after day just drawing and drawing and drawing expecting to get better i don't really think it's going to happen because you're not learning anything you're probably mm -hmm. just making the same mistakes you're doing the same thing over and over again but when you actually watch a video where someone's telling you how to do this or that things are going to start clicking you're going to add that into your work and then you're going to see a significant jump i i'll i watch a lot of videos still maybe not so much on a lot of the stuff I did before. Now I, I watch a lot more things on like perspective and, you know, things mm. of a little bit more of advanced aspect that will improve my storytelling and stuff like that. But there's so much stuff out there. Oh uh, yeah, man. Just, yeah, just get in, you know, all the young artists out there, even older artists, doesn't matter. You know, like I, I consider myself an older artist. You know, I've been drawing for a long time, uh, even though this is the first thing I'm really putting out, but there's, there's stuff I learn all the time. You know, like Clayton, I yeah. even said that I've learned stuff from watching the stuff that you put out, you know, that I've oh, really thanks, man. and put into my work over over the last year or so. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's, I'm honored. You know. I'm honored. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, looking at your stuff as well, it's like I, I look at a lot of people's artwork and I just go, man, how do they feel when they're laying down those lines? Like, are they, are they thinking about it or are they just able to naturally pull that shit off? Because for me... It's almost torturous. I'm sitting there analyzing every single move I make sometimes when it comes to producing comic book art. Oh, it's it's a combination. Um, it, yeah, it's a combination to me of of what it, yeah. how it is. Like sometimes there are things that come really really easy, and you're like, hmm. it's so it's so exhilarating, right? When you when you get in onto a page and you start drawing something, and almost instantaneously it's coming together the way that yeah. you saw it in your head and you, it's just so fulfilling you're like yes you're like thank you lord you're like this is awesome and then mm -hmm. there are other things where i'm just tediously working to make it come out the way i want you know and you know swearing sure. at the page and thinking <laughs> i've erased so many times i think the page is ruined you know and i'm like yeah. this next time has to be it because i don't know if i can erase this page anymore you know so <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, it's a give and take it's back and forth does it take you a lot to get discouraged or do you get discouraged easily when something's not working out on the page? Oh, I get discouraged easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> it, because again, like there's the standard that I hold myself to in my head, right. To put on, on the page. If I don't see it right off the bat, I'll start to get discouraged. And it's, it's kind of like to the point where it's not discouraged, like where I just want to give up. It's more frustration because I'm like, I know, yeah. I know I can do it. So why am I not doing it? You know, like, I know yeah. I can draw better than this. So why is this not coming out the way I want it to? Mm. And sometimes it's just, you got to take a break. You know, yeah. it might be an hour. It might be a day, but sometimes it's just not clicking in my head today. Or there's just something that's affecting me drawing the way I want to draw. And I got to take a step back. And when I come back, sometimes it just, boom, then it clicks. And you're like, oh, okay, well. That's all I had to do, I guess, you know. For sure, man. There's a lot of things at play that you just can't 
plan for or outthink. And uh, when you sit down to the drawing board, whatever state you're in, you, you could be in a bad mood and do brilliant artwork. You could be in a happy mood and do really crap artwork and just takes your mood right back down. And yeah. so it's it's hard to know exactly. Was it something you ate? Was it something that, did you not have enough <laughs> coffee this morning? Did you not get enough sleep? Like, what's going on? Sometimes you can draw better without a much sleep. You know, it's, it's so, uh, I mean, I don't know what the word etherical means, but I feel like it fits here for some reason. You know, it's like, it's, it's like there's some mystery to it. There's, yeah. there's some magic to it. The muse is there sometimes, but she's not there other times. Oh, you're, you're completely right. And I'm sure it's different for, for other artists or different for everybody. Like they have different stuff that gets them to that point. Me, I'm weird. I'm weird when I draw. Like hmm. I, need, uh, I need to be listening to the right thing because yeah. my mind, I need my mind distracted. You know, yeah, it, it sounds weird, but I need my mind distracted so I can focus on drawing. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest way I can explain it. But like yeah, if I right. got some good music going on, I can get lost in the music. And then I'm just drawing. And a lot of it's just okay. I'm letting my imagination go without overthinking things. Um, That's sweet as, man. Do you ever find that when you're listening to certain music um, that you – especially when you're trying to execute technical tasks such as getting the perspective right or even sometimes getting those layouts to play out the way you want them to. Do you find that the the music and the outside input can be a little bit distracting? Because I've found if I'm doing something mundane, like oh. let's say inking or placing down flats, it's like, yeah, I can turn on some, give me some Black Sabbath, man. I'll listen to that. It won't be distracting at all, right? But if I'm trying to really think through something, I find my brain just wants to like explode and <clears throat> short out. I, th yeah, that's it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying. It's hard for me because it depends on what mood I'm in. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some times when I draw and I need a certain kind of music. Like I need to listen to something that's a little bit more like aggressive, something that has a mm -hmm. beat that I can get into and that I can just kind of you know, get into drawing and just, I, I feel like this whole kind of rhythm, you know, and it's basically, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get into a rhythm so that I can take that creativity and put it onto the, onto the page. And there are other times, like maybe when I'm finishing and it's like, everything's laid out. I'm just going through and, and, and finishing the pencils where maybe I can listen to something a little bit more mellow because I'm yeah. just in more of a, a mellow chill mood, you know? So yeah, it, it depends. And there have been times where I've had to switch up the music because I'm like, this just isn't working. You know, like I'm down yeah. here. It's not working. I need to listen to something else. And then I'll switch up a band. And then all of a sudden something kicks in and I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm rolling down. You know, mm -hmm. I get I get going and things are good. So it's it's an interesting process. Like I said, like, I don't know how many people do it like like you and I are talking about, but yeah. it's just always been the way I am. I have to have something distracting my brain so I can mm -hmm. focus on drawing. It's the weirdest thing, but I have well, to. Heck yeah, man. And especially music, music for you in particular, because you are clearly an auditory person. Uh, you know, you're a visual person, but you're also auditory because you've got a bit of a background in music from what I remember you telling me. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's why it, it helps you out and, and it inspires you, no doubt, and probably helps you to get into that creative state in the first place. Yeah, and it's... Uh again, a really driving music, you know, and I listen to heavy metal, alternative, whatever, but as long mm. as there's something driving, like there have been times where 
I'll listen to uh, Offspring because Offspring's yeah. got a really driving kind of gallop to their guitars and you know especially their older stuff. Uh, Foo Fighters are like that, you know. Obviously, metal. I'll listen to metal metal bands as well. Um, hmm. Certain certain albums of Avenged Sevenfold are good because they just there's something you can put on and there's just a drive. And that's yeah. what I'm looking for is just something that can get me into this drive that for some odd reason will spark the the rhythm I'm looking for. And then then I'm drawn, you know, and then all mm. the cares disappear, you know, all yep. everything that's in my head empties out and Dude, now I'm just cool. focused on the page, you know, and it's what's going yeah. on, Rick. Hey, Rick Saylor. How you doing, man? Um, yeah, by the way, the chat has lots of really awesome input and interesting things to say. I've been pulling it up here. This one really caught my attention by Jose Garcia. Jose. Uh, he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Your goal is your desired outcome. There That's you go. interesting. I That's really it. interesting. Um, I should probably do that more because uh, sometimes I want to do things that I'm not that good at, or I'm very unsure whether or not I can pull it off. But hey, man, I think that uh, that that's what helps you to grow as a comic book artist, right? I think yeah. that I wouldn't be as, as hooked into it. I wouldn't be as hooked into the comic art matrix if I didn't have something to strive for within that domain. Yeah, that's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do this, you know, <laughs> I do the same thing when it comes to drawing, like, because when I'll when I'll think of a scene or I'm laying it out in my head, because I try to do a lot of mental work before I even go mm. to any anything involving the page, whether it's a, a yeah. thumbnail or whatever. I, I think over and over and over again how I want everything to look. Mm. And usually in my head, it's spectacular. And it's yeah. stuff that I know that is probably beyond my skill level, but I'm going to yep. try anyway. And a lot of times it fails because I'm just I'm not there yet. It's, you know, perspectives or this or that that I'm just not as skilled in as I, I need to be yet. But I'm going to try it. And if it looks like crap, then I'm not going to go with it because I still want want it to be the best. But I'll try it yeah. at first. You know, I'll push myself and then I'll pull back and, and start, you know, getting it getting it the way I want to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely do that. I'm always thinking beyond my means. Uh, one oh, of the things sure. I. One of the things I learned that is really helpful is when you're drawing, it's good to have references of your like favorite artists and the works that you hold in high esteem. Mm -hmm. But it's not good to be in them all the time because you don't want to compare yourself to the work that they're doing. And I've right. done that before. Like I'll be reading something that I really love and I'm like, this is beautiful work. I love it. And then I'll go to my page and I'm like, fuck, this sucks. You know, but you don't <laughs> want to do that because you are not trying to duplicate that work. You're trying to do your mm. work. It's just you You need inspiration. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's good to have references on how they do certain things, but you don't want mm. to ever compare yourself to your idols you know, or, or your heroes. Yeah. You know, like that. That's one. That's a setup for failure right there because you're never. I'm never going to be as good as as Silvestri or any of the guys that I absolutely love and hold as just top top of the mountain. You know. Yeah, I have to be who I am and continue growing who I am. So I got to use them as 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 uh, uh, motivation, but not as comparison because it just it's not good. Yeah, big time, man. You've got to pick your lane and you got to stick with it, and you got to you got to go down your own path ultimately. And sometimes along the way, you're going to have your influences helping you out a little bit. 
It's interesting because I uh, I do that as well. I always have a big reference board up of all of my favorite artists: Michael Turner, uh, Mark Silvestri. Um, I mean, they're really the main ones, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's some Witchblade stuff, some, uh, but also uh, a lot of artwork that uh, Alfredo Alcala did for the and. Um, Oh, what's he called now? Sometimes his name <coughs> escapes me. He was he was one one of the main guys uh, at Marvel at the time. He worked on Savage Conan, Savage Sword of Conan, and just the the work that those guys were pulling off is beyond. Uh, John yeah. Buscema was his name. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, it was right on the tip of my tongue too. I was like, yeah. shit, I can't remember his name. But yeah, right? yeah, Buscema. Yep. Just be beyond. Uh, any anything else that has really uh, come there on after, I have to say, at least as far as rendering and tonal control and that kind of thing. And I look at that, and sometimes the reason I've got it up isn't necessarily to aspire to be like that, but just to cross-check it with my own work and remind myself, okay, Clayton, it's okay. You don't have to render the heck out of this particular portion of the face as much as you think you do, <laughs> as right. an example. Or you don't um, yeah. need to put that much detail into your backgrounds, bro. What are you doing? Like, like Mark Silvestri barely has anything there, really. If you if you properly study it, you know, I'm yeah. I'm seeing the same thing with yours, man. It's like your your backgrounds look detailed as hell, but sometimes you can think that there's more detail there than there actually is, and start to really overdo it within your own artwork. Yeah, that's a great thing to learn. That that is a really good thing, uh, because you're right. Like. Your eyes can get fooled how much detail is actually there, and they can so as easily. A, as a young art, yeah, I saw this comment. Yeah, yeah. In other words, don't compare yourself to your idols; just hire their anchors. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. for sure. Um, yeah, like as as a younger artist, I would get stuck in that because I would see all the detail in these pages, and I would want to do all the detail. But in my mind, as I'm drawing, I'm doing more detail, or I'm doing tedious detail that doesn't need to be there. When they did it in such a smart way that they they showed the detail without actually having crazy, crazy amounts of detail. Mm -hmm. uh, and once once you learn, like, uh, even though the, obviously this is this is inked work and it's not my pencils, um, he was pretty true to a lot of the stuff I did pencil wise while adding his own style. But I do a lot of texture in my yeah. work. And sometimes it's just um, just lines that I'll throw. It's just textured lines. It's not like uh let me see if I can zoom in here. Um, Let's do it. So here with it the, is. you know, like with the water towers and stuff, you know, these are just like a bunch of little lines. You know, you're just bringing stuff out. But it, when you pull it out, you have, you look at it and it's like, wow, it's a really detailed shadow on that that water tower. You know, but it's mm -hmm. it's just a lot of texture, a lot of texture, a lot, of, you know, a little bit of cross hatching. Yeah. And uh, Weems brought it out perfectly. Mine, you know, had a little bit more shadow and he broke it up a little bit more, uh, which is awesome. And another thing, too, with working with these guys, I get to study how they do lines, which actually well, yeah. it helps improve my work as well. Because I'll be like, oh, OK, you know, I like how he did that comparative to how I did it. Um, well, especially with them going over your stuff and seeing how they represent it in their inks. That's going to be valuable, man. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a great learning experience because, like I said, when I look at this page, <coughs> any of the pages I've gotten back so far, I see everything that I did. And then I will sit here and I'll look at the pencil version and I'll look at the ink version and I'll go mm -hmm. panel to panel and I'll look to see every tiny little thing that 
that they <laughs> that they added that I don't see right off the bat. And that's then, so cool. Yeah, and then then I can just be like, oh, that's really cool. I like how they did that. You know, like that makes sense. Okay, cool. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do that next time. You're like, it's a learning experience. It's great. It's it's like um, you know, learning from you. Know, and, and Weems is, if you guys don't know, besides being a, a great inker, he's a he's a fantastic artist too. Like Joe Weems oh, yeah. is a really really good artist, and I think that makes some of the best inkers is when they can they know how to draw and. So some of the stuff he brings to the pencils are, you know, it's a learning experience, but it makes me happy too. Cause I can see, I can completely see my work. They don't bury me at all. And I've worked with inkers before, um, that have buried me, uh, and oh, not dude. in a good way, not in a good way at all. You know, like what well, doesn't look like my work anymore. I'm just like, what the fuck, you know, that sucks, man. Yeah. These, yeah. these guys can, these guys can keep my art. It's completely my art. But then they still add that little touch, which is that collaboration I'm talking about that makes comics, comic drawings so fun. That's why I like working with inkers. You know, like I could definitely ink my own work, but it's so much more fun to work with, mm-hmm. especially working with legends like this to just oh, for see sure. it all come together. People you looked up to, people who were idols. And man, just on this page, I got to say, I want to point out just how incredible you are at, at mixing up the different angles at which you're shooting the scene on. I mean, oh, look at you. all those shifts in perspective, right? You've got one that's that's completely straight on of a building, and it contrasts so brilliantly with the following panels in the lower half of the page. Uh, you know, you need that contrast. It, it's, it's contrast is the spice of life when it comes to comic book, guys. Mix it up a little bit. Whether it be with your shadows and your shading, or your camera angles, the the close-ups or the zoom-outs of your characters, try to have that variation there, yeah. and you, your audience is going to be reading that like like it's crack, right? It's it's <laughs> going to be hard to look away. That's that's what like that's one thing I picked up um, from a couple different guys. Uh, hmm. I listened to this great interview that uh, Greg Pulo did with uh, Kevin Smith before Kevin Smith went weird uh when he used to do uh fat man on batman he used to do those podcasts it was like this two-parter it was like four hours worth of just him having a conversation and greg had some great insight and at certain parts in that interview to uh page layout and and why he did certain things and he would talk about like how he constructed the page or where he put the camera in certain scenes another person i listened to jim lee talk about how he puts Mm. pages together and how you want to have try to fit into the page different angles you know try to have you know you a, a side view or a worm's eye view or a bird's bird's eye view you know try to move the camera around try to do it so that throughout the flow of the page you have the panels moving around there's a lot of movement to mm. it and it's not just similar stuff all the time that might not always be the case depending on what scene you're doing or mm. how many panels you have on a page but on a page like this uh, when i was putting it together and this is by far probably some of the the most panels I have on one of my pages but it was important to me I was like I I want to move the camera around how dynamic can I be also how dynamic can I be with also moving your eye through the page I wanted to make sure that it was easy for the reader to flow through the you know to do that backwards z you know all the way through the page and have the images pull you this way and throw you back this way and Mm -hmm. and do this and that Uh, so this was a very fun page for me to do because it allowed me to do all those things and really kind of experiment. And that's, we were talking before about the layout process. That's why it's my favorite to, and I'll sit back and be like, yo, how can I, how can I make this page easy to read 
if it didn't have script on it as oh, well yeah. as keep it dynamic and fun and not just boring like i'm just saying go this way go that way go this way go that way you know like oh yeah you know i'll utilize that in the action or tilting of the camera or just whatever i can do to kind of get you to flow this way as you're reading that, that's oh, the funnest part to me the flow of this page is absolutely perfect i feel like a a, a ball in a pinball machine right now and and it's like my eye line is is that ball's path Right, it's like yeah, you <laughs> yeah. are you are being pummeled across this page, and and you can see the exact trajectory that you're going to go in. That's I could I couldn't give a better example of how a comic book page could actually flow. This is really really good, man. Thank From you, man. the way you've shaped the panels, the perspective on those different camera angles you've applied. And it just it leads you from top to bottom in such a seamless manner. So, dude, you were made to make comic books, and <laughs> I'm really you. excited to see to see what you come out with in the future. I think that you're only going to go up from here, and this is where you're starting. What the heck, man? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because I've worked on a few different projects over the years that never never saw the light of day. You know, so this is. Yeah, this is the first thing that is actually going to get out there. Uh, what's going mm. on, Luke? Hey, hey, Death Metal Hero. What's going on? Good to see you here, man. And yeah, so this is, uh, like like I said, like I had started projects before that I was really excited about where I was just an artist, you know, working with another independent writer, and uh, they would cancel the project or this would happen or oh. that would happen. It wasn't until I decided to do stuff myself. I'm like, all right, I'm going to finally get something out there. Um, so yeah, this has been a dream come true and a culmination, you know, of the years of study and work. And again, I'm still, I'm still learning as we go. There's still new techniques since I started drawing this that I've brought into my style and will continue developing. So I hope by the time you read the end of the issue, you're going to see a growth within my art as well from the beginning page to the end page, you know, well, there's no doubt about it, man. You're somebody who pushes yourself constantly. And, you know, that can't be said for every artist out there. And you do see the result of that as their artwork starts, their artwork starts to fall back in terms of its quality. That's not going to happen to you, man. You are you're <laughs> always looking for ways to improve. It's evident within the artwork. You can see that you put your best into every one of these panels. And it's great that you've got a wonderful team of people on board who can enhance what you've done here. I mean, that's got to be inspiring for you. That's got to make you keep wanting to make comics oh. when you see what it actually can be. It absolutely is inspiring. And, and part of it's a double-edged sword because hmm. it, it, the funny thing, when I first got, this was actually the first page I got back from Weems. I sent cool. him uh, five pages and this was the first one he did and sent it back. Yeah. And it, it was so awesome. But there was a part of my head too that I was just like, Every time I see something come back from him, I, I was like, I have to up my game. And I, yeah. I started playing, you know, fighting myself a little bit because it made me, you know, start seeing everything I was putting down as crap, you know, compared oh, to right. what, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I got to give mm. this guy better and better and better. You know, like I can't slack off. So there was a part of me that kind of, you know, fought myself for a little bit. But if I just mm. step back and just take it as inspiration that one, I'm lucky as hell to have the opportunity to work with these guys inking my work and that knowing that i'm going to put the best i can put into pencils and that they're going to bring it out professionally yeah professionally polished nice clean smooth crisp lines you know like a comic mm. book should look that that in itself is extremely confidence building with what oh, i'm doing yeah. going forward drawing you know like so yeah, yeah it's it's still a dream come true 
working with working with these guys. And I haven't Absolutely. even seen, you know, I haven't even got a colored uh, interior yet back. So once that happens, I mean, I, I might be, uh, you know, on cloud on cloud nine once once I start getting colored interior pages back. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't hit up Brian Hablin at this point, honestly. You know, a, a 90s colorist who can pull off I, that classic gr cut and grad technique. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I was this close to getting Steve mm -hmm. Furkow to color the book. Um, and that would have been my dream oh, nice. team right there. But uh, I was talking to him, and he's a really cool dude. We were going back and forth, and uh, he just he said he doesn't do uh, interior pages right now. Oh, and I was like, really? oh, that's a bummer, man. Yeah. That's too bad, dude. Yeah. But now you he can nag him. <laughs> See what I, he says. Yeah, I still might. You know, like Brian's been doing a great job. Um, with the cover and I'm, I'm interested or I'm excited to see what he's going to do with mm -hmm. the pages. But I will say this, like I'm, I'm full on trying to make this thing the best it can. So yeah. if I have to make a change at some point, I'm going to make a change, but I don't think I'm going to have to. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think what he's going to come up with is going to be, is going to be brilliant. Oh yeah, man. It, I mean, from what, what I'm seeing now, this is one of my favorite pages, by the way. Um, I have a soft spot for monsters and ghoulies. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the details in them, they look different. They look interesting. They're always a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, just look at this dude here. He's, he looks crazy, man. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I love monsters too. And that was one thing <laughs> with this book. Uh, you know, so, so this book has, I'm pouring into it all my influences that I grew up loving, you know, so if you watch my show, um, I say, you know, I'm a lover of all things nineties and there's truth in that because the, the, uh, the creativity and everything in the nineties, when it came to music, movies, you know, comics mm. was great. And there was a lot of things that people just put out there cause they want to experiment late eighties too. Yeah. I'll throw that in there. But, um, you know, like I was a big fan of, of stuff like the Giver. you know, I loved the whole mm. metamorphosis of changing from human into monster and becoming, you know, something more. So I added that into my book with some of the bad guys. And, and this is the first scene of the book. And the guys you see in here, they're basically just shock troopers. But wow. they have the ability to switch from these armored guys with tech and switch into these monsters. And I That's knew that it. when I showed the transformation, I wanted to have this really cool kind of like ripping away of the armor and, and changing it into like this biomechanical kind of kind of uh, armor turning into a monster. And uh, I, I really, when I was drawing, when I was laying this page, this was one of the things we were talking about earlier, Clayton. Like when you're laying mm. out a page, when you get to something that just clicks, this was, I think this was the first panel I drew on this page because I just had an idea of how I wanted to have him crunch. You know, I wanted to show energy and movement, you know, of the, mm. of the armor stripping away. And I really wanted that tongue to kind of pull your eye through the panel, you know, as it's coming at you and everything, give that energy and movement. It's iconic, uh, man. This is an iconic panel, dude. That that is, it's going to be remembered by by the readers. Thank you. Yeah, I, it, it, it's in the. <laughs> I have to laugh because I showed this page off to a couple of people, and they're like, "Wow, that's a that's a really cool character. I can't wait to see what happens to him." And I'm like, well, "All you got to do is look down one panel more, and you know he's he's gone as soon as he, he pops <laughs> up. But he's he's just you know it's a character I put in there for they're they're basically fodder characters, you know for just showing off the the atmosphere of the world that the yeah. that my character's in and just who he has to face and just that these are you know these are basically grunts in the book mm. you know but i wanted to make sure that it was it was they were cool grunts you know 
Oh, they're totally badass, man. And I, I got to agree with Rick Saylor here. He says, I've been saying Reaper Destroyer will destroy the competition. And it's true. I think that artists like you, you creators Rick. who are putting out this level of caliber within their books are going to start to lift the game for everybody else, you know, because this is the kind of thing that grabs people's attention, guys. Like, if you're doing anything less than that, I mean, you got to accept the fact that people are going to be drawing their eyes toward this kind of stuff uh, if if your art or your stories aren't packing the same level of punch. And let's be honest, story is important. However, the first impression of anybody who's thinking about picking up a comic book is always going to be a visual one. They're yeah. going to see the comic first before they start reading it. Now, you want to hope that if you've gotten to buy into your comic book, if they're attracted to the artwork, that the story is pretty damn good. Otherwise, you won't get that person to become a repeat buyer or a fan. But it's the artwork that sells it first and foremost. So, yeah, I, th I love it when a creator such as you comes out of the woodwork with something like this and just blows people away, increases backers' expectations of, you know, what what they they think they want to see in a comic book. You know, it, it's like it, it, it you can have a really average expectation to begin with until you see something like this, and then it just takes everything to a whole other level for you. And, man, if, if every single comic out there that I backed or collected could look this way, and I, I could have a comic book collection <laughs> yeah. that, you know, all, all of them I opened up and it looked like this stuff, dude, that would be such a dream. I pray oh, and absolutely. dream of an age where comic books can be like this again. I think that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and that's, you know, one, <clears throat> the talent I see in quality in books right now in CG is, mm. is crazy impressive. You know, it's getting better yeah. and better. It is, uh, man. The new creators that you see, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of talent out there and, and stuff is looking amazing. Um, specifically what you just said about like the art style, there's, you know, for a while the 90s style, and maybe still in some circles, is, is considered like a, not not a good thing you know it's mm. considered like this like kind of like this bad thing you don't want to talk about for some which reason. is so weird right i never got right. that i don't know why. yeah it doesn't make sense to me but like i wanted to bring like i was like all right my style it, it comes from that style it, my influences are what my influences are i'm not going to try to cater to an industry nowadays that wants you to draw this way or that way i'm going to draw the way i draw and that hope that the people that still like that art style are going to come you know mm. and be a part of it and that was my biggest goal is like i want this book to 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 have that that 90s aesthetic but also have you know a 2022 you know feel to it you know and that, yeah, that's man. that's what i'm trying to do with this like give that really highly detailed art i love the cross hatching you know i'm, I'm trying to play around as much as I, I would love to get uh you know will portasio style when it comes to shadowing and bounce lighting you know i'm not there yet but i'm working towards you know getting that really kind of awesome dynamic lighting that's one of the things i'm still working on in my in my art but that's what mm. i want to bring i want to bring that stuff back because it it, it got lost for so long yeah man. the stuff that replaced it was just inferior in my in my opinion <laughs> in nature like not that it was Damn. bad it just wasn't as impressive you know yeah, I, I look, I think some artists like Michael Turner and J. Scott Campbell, they started going for this cleaner style and people mm -hmm. caught on to that. They were like, listen, we can turn out pages faster by going in this direction. But what they didn't realize is those artists had something special to their style. They're still working just as hard and they had a certain energy yeah. behind it that couldn't be recaptured without the right intentions. Very and true. so I think that 
you know, possibly those artists were responsible for the more uh, less detailed, less intricate direction comic books later took, not because of reasons uh, that could be drawn back to passion or quality or just wanting to give the reader the best visual experience possible, but just for money, to get yeah, comic yeah. books out at a faster rate on time. And, and they had high hopes for it, but it just didn't hit. You know, there's this this style that I that I have, you know, reminiscent of the styles that I love. The reason why I like the particular style, and, and don't, I don't care what artist you are, you know, we all kind of, the artists that have this particular style, you know, we all know what we're talking about. Mm. What I love about it is when I look at a page, there's so much to digest. And as an yeah. artist, I love that. Like just looking at a panel, I like to look at every single little mm -hmm. line, you know, that's in in a, in a crosshatch or a texture, mm -hmm. you know, because that's 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 the stuff that really excites me when it comes to art. And so I want to I want to produce that as best as I can, which is also why I'm a slower artist, because I'm I'm thinking about it all yeah. the time. I'm like, I could just black all this out right here. I could black it all out. But like, I want to go in and I want to I want to add texture. I want to cross edge. I want to bring light the light source out by, you know, you know, cross well, we stuff, feathering stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, we do have a question here from Corey directly related to that. And he's asking, <clears throat> what is the time per page ratio uh, in your case? Yeah. It, it's it, it's really hard for me to say personally because I don't I rarely have an opportunity to sit down and work start to finish you mm -hmm. know because I'm not a full time artist you know I work full time gotcha. and you have a family and everything so uh, I sit down and I start a page and you know I work a couple hours here or there until I get it done uh, sometimes you know I knock it out on a weekend so mm -hmm. I, I don't have a very accurate uh time for you but you know i could estimate and say let's say i think page four was the quickest i did a page i think i did that in like maybe eight to nine hours and it had one, two, i had four panels on it it was it was a bigger you know so mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a lot of panels it wasn't a lot of crazy detail but i think yeah. that was like the quickest i had done a page and i was very proud of myself because i was like oh, fuck like i estimated it i was like you know i worked yeah. on it from this day to this day i knew how many hours i did i was like i counted it up i was like all right it was like you know eight to nine hours i was like wow that's mm. really good for me you know like because uh the really detailed pages take a little while because <laughs> mostly because yeah we were talking earlier like i'll race you know i'll i'll change things up if i don't think if i'm not liking it you know mm. i'm not afraid to completely erase something again because my my thing is to to make it the best it can and you know if i'm looking at something like this doesn't hold the energy that i like you know I'm, i want to switch this mm. up then I'll just go go over it, go over it with that needed eraser, you know, and just, I yeah, it's just, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but like I said, I want to make sure that when I'm, when you guys read this book, that it'll be a memorable experience, and then hopefully you will have a good time with the story as well. Uh, hmm. But the main thing that I want to put out is I want to grab you with the art first and foremost, so that hmm. it sucks you into the story, and then when you're there, you'll stay. Yeah. Big time, man. Uh, look, I think that this is this is part of the path as well, right? Like, if you're if you're going to get faster and have artwork that blows people's minds, there's no way around it. You got to take the time to get your skill level up to a place 
where you don't have to think about it anymore, where it becomes unconscious competence. And then at that point, that's when you notice the increase mm. in speed. Because yeah, you've, yeah. At, th at that point, you've got your method down. You know exactly which moves to execute in order to get the look that you've been striving to achieve within your artwork. And now, now that you've gone through that process, you just got to execute it. And you yeah. execute it over and over again. You think about it less and less. And you build that momentum. All of a sudden, you're pushing out pages to this standard of quality you know, once a day, uh, maybe, maybe twice a week. Right. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm extremely jealous of the guys that have worked long time in the industry and I watch them draw, you know, and it's just so it's it flows so smoothly. Oh, thanks, Art. <laughs> yeah. Our, hey, by the way, what's going on, Art? Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, love Art's work all around. Oh, he's yeah. fantastic. He's, uh, a, he's a comic art god. He is. He is the. Uh, yeah, but I get I get so jealous because of the experience that they've had, and it just looks so easy. I'm like, it, that's not what it is for me. Like, it it takes, <laughs> you know, it takes hard work, it takes time. But they put mm -hmm. into they put that work in, and they reap the benefits of being able to to do that now. And I'm hoping that one day I can get to that level where I'm up there with them, where I can just see it in my head and go to the page and knock it out. Like I'll watch Ethan draw. You oh, know, yeah. he'll go through the loose blue pencil and then go right to inks. I'm just like, how the fuck are you? Like, that's awesome. It's awesome. But like, that's not me. Yeah, man. That's not I'm not there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, man, it can happen at any point. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. Man, if you look at if you look throughout history, uh, actors like Morgan Freeman mm. or, uh, or heck, Stan Lee. Right? Do, do you know when he started Marvel? It was it was crazy. It was he was like forty or something like that. I don't yeah, know. that's yeah, probably yeah. wrong. But someone can correct me if I am. I'm pretty You're sure right, he, was he was in his up, later he years. Was up there. Like Jack Kirby was like in his mid forties when he started his um, his run on uh, Fantastic Four. There you go. You know, like I hold that as an inspiration. Being a guy that's about to turn forty, I'm like, all right, you know, like that's yeah, that's what I'm inspired by. You know, guys that got a later start when they got popular. Uh, Look, there was a part of me that I, you know, I thought you had to get big when you were 20. Otherwise, you missed mm. your your window, you know. So now yeah. doing it this later in my life, you know, I'm I'm feeling more excited because I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'm doing what I want to do without having to answer to anybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting out the best work that I am at this moment. And, and hopefully I just keep getting better and better and, and can leave you know, a legacy. I would love to leave a legacy on on the art world one day, you know. Oh, for sure, man. I, I think you will. You know, you've got the skill to do it, and you can clearly do comic books. You know, you're not just a good pinup artist. You're not just a good cover artist, but you have a serious knack for being able to have a comic book sequence flow in an energetic, engaging manner. And that's really the key to creating comic books. Every comic book artist knows that. And uh, I think at this point, man, people just got to see your stuff. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that means you've got to become a really good marketer on top of everything else. I know that it's a, it's a tough uh, call, you know, when you're spinning so many other plates already. But yeah. I think that it'll be so worth it, man. Anyone who sees this, how could you not want to investigate further and grab a copy of this thing? No, I appreciate it. It, it, it takes some, uh, yeah, it definitely takes some extra work to get out there and, you know, get on streams and promote. And mm -hmm. fortunately, I'm, I'm I'm very narcissistic. You know, I'm used to being up on a stage, you know, in front of a bunch of people in a band. So I enjoy getting on here and, and talking in front of people. It feeds my ego. 
It's good. Oh, it's good for my ego. I need it. Yeah, it keeps you motivated. <laughs> it keeps you pushing forward, especially when you know that people are totally digging this stuff, man. I mean, that's encouraging. That's going to make you want to do more of these pages and work harder. Uh, American Discord, Shelby Robertson, on, actually Shelby. speak. Speaking of age, man, this was one guy. I was talking, we, we had him on the other day. He was pulling out comics at the age of 16 that I could only hope <laughs> to be able to create now. And I'm like, Shelby's Bro, the man, dude. What like the I said, hell? when I grow up, I want to be like Shelby. I've said this a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, true. totally. It's true. I love that dude. He's got a lot, of, a lot of good qualities about him beyond just his artwork as well. He's a pretty, pretty chill dude. Yeah, he's I like an awesome chill guy. dudes. You're a chill dude though, as well, Joe. You know that's why I love catching up with you, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks so much, everybody. By the way, for uh, for joining us today and for engaging with us, for all your wonderful comments within the chat. There's some been been some amazing ones here. I've been getting them up. Uh, we actually had a really great question just before. Uh, from Project Demon Bane official. He says, do you guys ever get burnt out? Do you guys crunch like me? I mean, it it depends on... I mean, there, there are definitely times I get burnt out, but it's not necessarily burnt out on uh, on drawing. There, there are times where uh, things just aren't clicking for me, and it lasts probably longer than I want it to last, and it's a mental drain when you're not producing what you want to produce and that would be kind of a burnout and, and sometimes i just have to step back and, and take you know maybe a day off and just mm. spend time with the family or just do something that takes my mind away from overthinking things and when i come back i have a fresh perspective on stuff um mm. like i said sean sean's my therapist a lot of times when i when i have these you know because i'll hit him up and he's like hey how's the book going how's this going i'll just be like dude it's like i forgot how to draw <laughs> you know, yeah. like sometimes that's what it feels like. I'm just like, I forget how to draw. Like everything I'm putting on the on paper looks like crap. You know, yeah. like the, the anatomy looks soft. I can't draw a face anymore. I forgot how to draw, you know, a hand. Like I don't know what the heck, you know, and I just got, I'm overthinking everything. I'm holding things to maybe too high of a standard and I have to step away from it. And I get burned out that aspect, but that's mm. probably it. Otherwise, I love it. You know, like I, I don't think I could ever get burned out on something I absolutely love to do. Oh, totally. It's it's very interesting. I'd like to ask you, in fact, now that you've finished the ash can, that's all done, it's all out. Did you feel burnt out once it was done? Were you like, okay, now I need some recovery time? Like while you're in it, while you're doing it, it's like you, you got the momentum <clears throat> going, you've got the fuel, you've got the adrenaline happening. But then once it's done, how do you feel? Actually, when it was done, there was this, I had a feeling of uh, satisfaction that I had accomplished something at the same time, I actually felt a, uh, anxiety to get rolling, you know, cause I'm like, now I have the rest of the book that needs to be done, you know? Mm -hmm. And it almost felt like I was now I was behind instead of, it, it was weird. Like I was That's very funny, excited. Man. Yeah. I was very excited yeah. to have it, you know, but then I felt like, all right, I need to now move on and keep on rolling. It's good. Uh, and then there was like, you know, shit you're like time's ticking i gotta go i gotta go and then i'm sitting at my table spending a lot of time over the last you know week or so signing and packing books and, you know and doing all this stuff you know and, and not doing any drawing because i'm trying to get these books out you know so that that's the other aspect of the whole crowdfund game that i'm starting to experience is that you know now there's the physical work of packing everything up and, and mailing it you know mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, it sounds to me like you've got a grand plan that isn't yet completed. And maybe that's why you feel as though, even though this ash can is done, even though you put a ton of work into it and you can call it a day on it, uh, it's merely the first step. And there's so much more. This is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. Would that be correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's definitely. Um, because this yeah. is just, this was just the ash can. It was just, and I've said it before, the reason why I did the ash can was one, um, when I started streaming, people started knowing who I was. They started to see my art and realize I had a book coming. I was like, I want to get something out to two things. One, generate some excitement and, and show what I can do and hopefully what people will look forward to in, in getting the book. And then two, to show people that I could fulfill and that you could mm-hmm. trust me so that next time it comes around, you know that I got you something already and you can trust that I'm going to do it in the future. Um, but yeah, the mm-hmm. ultimate plan is to get the book done. And the ultimate plan is to get all all the issues done, you know, the entire story arc. So I've got years worth of a goal and maybe sometimes that's why I feel like I'm behind the eight ball, right? Because I sometimes mm. I look at the bigger picture too much where I should just yeah. kind of focus on what I'm doing. But I'll step back and be like, like, shh, I got to get this done by this point. And I got to do this, 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 you know. So it's just yeah. it's a constant go, go, go. And I think if any, you know, the burnt out question, I think if there's anything that gets me burnt out, it's just up here mm. thinking, just constantly thinking about stuff. And so sometimes it's a mental thing, not so much the drawing. Because the drawing's always fun. It's it's therapeutic to me. It's you know, to sit down and to draw and to listen to music. It's it's mm-hmm. relaxing. It's not a chore, but it's just the the thinking of everything else, the planning, you know, the constant planning of what I want to do for everything involved in putting a book together and putting a campaign together. That sometimes yeah. can get a little overwhelming and just you know burn you out a little bit. But yeah, for sure. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's actually. Uh... It's, it's funny because this reminds me of my back in my 20s when I was teaching in the classroom. I, loved to, I used to love scaring my students in order to try and motivate them a little bit. Yeah. And I came across this grid. It was like a grid that laid out exactly how many days you had to live in an average lifespan and how many of those days mm. were already mm. used up at the age of 20, at the age of 30 and whatnot. Yeah, that's a good point. And I tell you what, man, that puts <laughs> things into perspective. If you're not feeling motivated uh. – and you want to file it under your ass, then check that out because you can probably find it online fairly easily. That's yeah, that's perfectly put though. I mean, because that's kind of how I think now. You're like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn forty here next month, and there's in my mind, I've got the next twenty years of my life planned out, so to speak. I'm like, this is where I want to be when I'm forty-five. When I'm fifty, I want to have this accomplished, you know, mm-hmm. and then just so on and so forth, you know. And I look at the the finite amount of time that you have left in your life if you were to live a full life and god willing i will live a full life you know and experience my daughter growing up and all that stuff oh yeah and you know but yeah i I look at that i look at it and i just i divide my time up and maybe maybe that's not a good thing i don't know but sometimes i look at the amount of time that i might have left and i'm like all right over the next 20 years this is where i want to be as well as thinking of all the stuff in my life like my daughter growing up you know so it's not just always the comics like i got so much stuff going on in here Fortunately, I feel like I can multitask pretty well and handle all the stuff that's in my head. But yeah, I've I've definitely got a large, large goal in mind that I'm trying to trying to meet. And why not? Like mm-hmm. this is the time to do it. There's no more holding back and waiting. Like, let's go. You know, let's go and get it now. Hell yeah. 
Shelby Robertson <laughs> says the average person spends a total of 240 days yeah, on that's the, the toilet in their person. lifetime. That's the average person. I probably, I'll probably beat that. Uh, it's crazy, man. That's really crazy. Um, yeah, it's that. It is important to, of course, spend time with your family. I, I feel bad about that too. You know, because I get so obsessed and so. Uh, just engrossed in my comic book art stuff and everything yeah. I'm doing with the, the the streaming and that kind of thing. And, you know, it gets to 5 o'clock at the end of the day, and you know, man, that you could just keep on working all freaking night if no one stops you. But it's important to knock off at some point and actually be present for your family. Otherwise, uh, you know, your relationships break down. <clears throat> People feel like they're not connected with you. And I know this is getting into, like, some weird, like, relationship advice stuff. I, it, but yeah, it's true, though. It is. It, it's something that's important for comic book artists and people who are pursuing a passion, who want to build a business, entrepreneurs, essentially, to consider it at least a little. You know, I mean, my family is the motivation, you know, I have mm. right now. Um, yeah, my daughter is a huge motivation, Uh and it's crazy. I mean, she's going to be three years old this year in two months. And it, it's insane just how fast that time has gone uh, in such a short period of time. So, you know, it's, it's very important to me to spend time with her, especially at this age that she's at. You mm -hmm. know, so, you know, time management is a huge thing with me. You know, like I get home from work and then there's family time until my daughter goes to bed. And then the time after that to the, whatever time I decide to go to bed is when I try to fit in the drawing and the streaming you know, and whatever else you have to do to kind of live this lifestyle. And there's some times where it's just, you know, you're, you're staying up late, you're sleeping mm -hmm. little and going to work and man, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can feel tired pretty fast after a couple of days of that. And then you just got to kind of, yeah, you got to kind of pull back and there are times, you know, it's, it's funny. I was telling my wife this the other day that when I'm, not spending enough time with them, I feel guilty. But when I'm spending time with them, I'm like, man, I need to be drawing. And it's this constant mm -hmm. back and forth, you know, where I'm always yeah, feeling man. pulled to do something else when I'm doing the opposite, you know, and it's yeah. just like, I don't have enough time in the day, but you got to figure it out. You know, it's just, mm. it's the sacrifices you make to do something that's, that's beyond the normal nine to five. And that's, that's the biggest mm. thing. Like if you want to do something different in your life, then just go to work every day and collect that paycheck there's work that's got to be put into it. You know, it's, there's, yeah. a, there's a, there's a level of sacrifice you have to do. And if you're willing to do it, great, you know, and it might mean some sleepless nights or just being tired sometimes, you know, just, but I'm willing mm. to do it. Cause you know, I love spending time with my family. I love drawing and this is what I want to do. And then I have to work to pay the bills. So you gotta, for sure, man, you know, something's got to give, yeah. but yeah, look, there's, there's things you can certainly <clears throat> sacrifice. I mean, it's weird, man. Like, it's getting a bit off track, but I've come to a few recent realizations, and uh, and most of them reside within the understanding that rest is important, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and I've only just kind of realized that um, being somebody who had many many late nights, man, I, I was barely sleeping in my twenties, dude. I'd have four <laughs> hours of sleep and going to work the next day, and yeah. I thought I was such a badass. I had my coffee in one yeah, hand. Right. I'm like, man, I barely slept at all. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a machine, dude. And uh, yeah, I, I think that. you, yeah, you realize later on, man, if you know that that can take years off your life if you don't keep it in check, especially going into your thirties, mm. getting enough sleep. 
and even just switching yourself off from the drawing for a bit you know your your brain does need that time to just chill the hell out to take in inspiration to keep maintain its creativity if you're just drawing all the time you don't get any sense of perspective True, and, true. and you're just kind of zoned out like a like a zombie essentially at the drawing board and i remember actually in an interview that we had with rt bear that he was at a point at some stage throughout his career where it was exactly like that you would just sit down at the drawing board not think and and be a machine mm. um and that can suck the life and soul out of why you got into comic books in the first place right right very true very true yeah dude um, it's uh rest and it's it's rest and and output you know if you want it the, the more you rest the more you're going to be able to output just don't rest too much don't yeah. overwork yourself into the ground it's a they, balance yeah absolutely i mean there there are times where i've i've uh, on the weekend where i've just been so tired by the grind of the week of trying to fit in the mm-hmm. time that you know i'll i'll take a nap with my daughter it's like it's time to take a nap and i'll go lay down with her and i'll, I'll just pass out with her cuz it's like you know my body <laughs> yeah. is like you need to sleep you know, you gotta get rest sometimes. So yeah, rest is yeah. it's definitely important. You know, we yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm not in my twenties anymore. It's not that easy to to pull the all nighters and, and all that kind of stuff that I did mm-hmm. when I was, you know, a, you yeah. know, a little bit more youthful than I am now. Not that I'm old, you know, but just yeah, it, it's different. When you hit your thirties, especially your late thirties, it, it's a little different. Yeah. I know, right? Like, I, I listen to RT Bear talk sometimes. I'm like, man, maybe I'm just not pushing myself hard enough because <laughs> I, uh, I'll knock off work at about uh, five or six sometimes. And it, I have the best intentions of going back at about 10 and mm. just starting on the work, working till 12. I'm like, man, that's an extra two hours of work. Could right. work to one even, man. That'll work. That, that, that'll be all good. Get up at eight the next day. I get a perfect amount of sleep. But it's just really, really tough, man, especially because you got to consider that you, you, you actually are required to communicate with your family. Uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah, yeah. that yep. means uh, saving a little bit of energy for emotional expression, which I'm not very good at sometimes. You know, your family needs your support. You've got to be able to be functional enough to support them in lots of different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. And for introverted mm-hmm. artists, dudes like us, that can be tough just by default, right? So it requires sometimes a little more energy for us even. And if you've just been drawing all day, you haven't been eating, you haven't been sleeping, dude, you got no hope. You are going to be so zoned out. That's, yeah. uh, it's just yeah. not going to work. Yeah, it's you know sometimes my sometimes my wife will be like, uh, "Do you have any time for us this week?" And I'll just I'll have to think about it and be like, "Fuck, like maybe I don't because I've just I've I've put so much on my plate." Yeah. And so then I got to take a day off. I'm like, "All right, babe, I'll tell you what. Like Saturday, I'm not doing anything. You know, we're gonna we're gonna hang out as a family." And then we'll just we'll do whatever you know. We'll just have family day, and yeah. I, I won't do anything. You know, like sometimes I just have to step back. And it, but it takes my wife to come and say, you know, like, hey, you've been spending a lot of time, you know, doing this. It'd be nice mm-hmm. to see you. And then it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, you know, like let's let's yeah. do it. Let's have a family day. We'll have a family weekend. Let's you know let's recoup and then you know get back to know. the grind again. But just <laughs> again, you know, I mean, if you're doing something that's not the norm, it's just yeah. that's what you have to do to. Because yeah. we live in a society where you, you got to work to live, so and it's the the world is not really built to fulfill your dreams as it is to put you into a workplace, you know. So you yeah, got to fight against that. You got to do the work to live, and then you got to pursue your dreams, you know. After that, and I, I've, I've done that my entire life. I did that with music, and I had a blast doing that for ten years. 
and now I'm doing it in comics, you know? It's mm. my mentality has always been to do something more, to work for yourself, to be your own boss, and I will do what I have to do in the meantime to get there. But my ultimate goal is to have my own company, to work full time in the comics and, and to mm. do it, you know. However long it takes is however long it takes, but I'll get there one day. That's yeah, the goal. man. Absolutely. It'll happen. And it's so true that if you want to really follow your dreams and see your uh, see them come true, uh, you're going to work harder than the average person. Man, it's so easy. It's so easy to just, I don't know, mow lawns as a living. Like, it would probably even be fun in comparison to drawing comics sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've got to do something sometimes. There's and, and I envy those people, by the way, who can just, like, get a job, a day job, Oh, doing yeah. some mundane thing that doesn't require a whole lot of thinking and be content playing video games at the end of it and just chilling out. Right. Like, I wish I could be that person, man. That'd be that'd be awesome. Instead, I'm this obsessive nut that that for some <laughs> yes. reason uh, can't yeah. just switch off his brain and and do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, you'll <laughs> your friends will probably hate you because you never got time to work out, uh, hang out with them. Um, and you'll you'll have to pay special attention to your family, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, providing you do all those things, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. Yeah. And you've just got to make the sacrifices where possible. Sometimes uh, you got to make time to exercise, all that other good stuff too. Yeah, Eat properly. You don't want to yeah. become Shane Davis, right? Remember his story <laughs> about putting on too much weight as a comic book artist? Yeah, you know, I, I've worth, definitely been doing mind. that over the last couple of years. I've, I've been gaining more yeah. and more weight. It's like shit. Like I need to, I, I need to start like hitting the, the treadmill or something. You know, like work off some yeah. of this stuff because I went from a very active lifestyle in music. You know, where mm -hmm. it was just that and the partying, and there was a lot of things that just kind of kept me a little bit slimmer back in the day. And now all that weight is kind of coming back. I'm like, I need to do something, live a little bit healthier so I can do this as long as I want to yeah. do it for. I had to cut out the cheese toasties. They were uh, they were causing me to – I had to cut out both the cheese toasties and the donuts, dude. Oh, they, were, man. they made me put on like 10 kilos of additional weight, and I did not like the road that I was going down. Let me tell you, I look like a different person. Yeah, get I'm those right there photos up one day. I'm actually I'm a, I'm as big as I've ever been right now. It, it, it might <laughs> right not on. look that big, um, but like I'm I'm used to being like you know 180 pounds. I'm like 210 right now. You know, it's just yeah, yeah. It's like it's time to make a change. This is a right? new year. Let's let's cut back on the yeah. on the fast food. I'm gonna hit the treadmill. Oh hell yeah, man! And uh, by the way, a hero's path. I did try the uh, the keto diet for a while. I still kind of do it on and off. Um, I just didn't feel like I could think as clearly without my, my carbs. And I love spaghetti bolognese too much, man, to give up on that. There's too many things I love to do the keto. And me and my wife tried it for a little bit. And I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't. I just decided to fast a little bit. Like one meal a day is perfectly fine for me. It helps me get more comic book art done and I yeah. feel fine. <laughs> so, yeah, there's been um, a few things I've tried. Most of it's just self-control because there's, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, my mind is like, I want to go get a snack cake, you know, and I'll run to the yeah. gas station. <laughs> yeah, like, so it's that's like just self-control right there. Yeah, like, Here's a box just... of chocolates. So I need that. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so we're going to wrap up here in about uh, 15 minutes if you got the time to stay long enough for that. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. Uh, the, the final thing I wanted to really ask you about, especially as a fellow creator who is also starting to get very close to the fulfillment stage of our book, how did you find that? Because it's one thing to be able to do a comic book something that you're passionate about, something that you've invested a lot of time in learning how to do. But then there comes this other thing that most of us don't really consider or think about, which is 
printing the comic book, getting mm. all the pre-press right for it so that it actually shows up well physically in print, and then sending it out, dude, like printing the right labels for international shipping um, and, you know, packaging, up, packaging it up to a point where it's not going to get damaged in the mail. There's all these other considerations that all of a sudden flood in. Yeah, yeah. How was that experience for you and what were the strategies you incorporated to actually cope with it? I mean, it was definitely a learning experience. Uh, I've spent the last, I want to say, yeah, probably all of 2021 talking mm -hmm. to as many people as possible that have had successful campaigns and everything mm -hmm. that they that they did to get to the places where they did. Um, and, you know, it all goes into, like, you know, buying the Gemini mailers and, you know, getting, uh, you know, I bought a bunch of uh, shipping labels so that I could print them out myself and get them all prepared. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to the post office, all they had to do was put on the, the shipping labels and we were good to go. You know, there's a lot of that that stuff that was basically just kind of told, like, hey, remember to do this, remember to do that, remember to do that. And I talked to guys like Malin, Shelby Robertson, mm -hmm. Mark Poulton, uh, Eddie Smart. Winkler, you know, just anybody that had had a campaign that was fulfilled and just like, how'd you do it? You know, what are the things that you, what's the advice that you would give? Yeah. And just listen to what they would say and and, um, and and go in that direction. When it came to uh, the printing of the book uh, for the Ashcan, uh, Shelby Robertson helped me out quite a bit when it came to the file format. You know, Hell yeah. I was venturing into new territory that I'm, I'm still trying to learn mm. on how to get it prepped right to go to the printer so that it prints right. And uh, he's, you know, he he jumped up, and that's why I said, like, Shelby's a great dude. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's amazing, there to help. Man. You know, he's he's an awesome guy, and I couldn't have got this Ashcan done the way I wanted to. I think without him, you know, lending lending a hand. And in that aspect, it was a learning experience because we actually sat down and he explained it instead of just doing stuff. He, you know, he explained a lot of stuff. Mm. So I feel better equipped going into the future. Uh, there's also, you know, I've talked to Polton there are guys out there that you can hire. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there are guys out there that, you know, that's kind of what they do for a living is, is do the production to get your files all mm. set up the way it needs to do. So that when it goes to the printer, oh. it prints the way it's supposed to print. Did you say Mark Poulton does that? No, but he, he knows guys. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Right. He's, he's got a guy that does that for his book. Um, so, I mean, and there's people out there that that's what they do. So like, if you mm. want to spend money, if you don't want to do it yourself, or if you're not confident enough to do it yourself, which I'm always kind of in that boat. If if I'm not confident in something, I would rather pay the money for somebody that is so that it can turn out the way that it should. I don't yeah. want to experiment on something and then not be happy with happy with the product myself. Because if I'm not happy with it, nobody that backed it is going to be happy. At least that's the way I look at it. So totally, man. Um, so there's there's all that, but you know, it's it's definitely a learning experience. And I did nothing but talk the people's ears off for a year at how to do stuff and uh sean is another one you know sean sean did his campaign earlier in the year so i got to see what he went through and i you know when i was getting ready to uh order the things i needed so that i could ship stuff you know i messaged him up i was like hey where'd you get this where who'd you go through for this blah 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 you know again shelby was another guy I hit up on a regular basis be like hey i got a question about this i got a question about that so um, I would say definitely lean on the people that have done it. There's more than enough people out there that are definitely willing to give anybody a hand mm. um, in, in getting this out there. So definitely don't, you know, don't be stubborn about it. There's no, there's no wrong answers. You know, when you're trying to get, when somebody trusts you with their money, 
you know, that gives you a bunch of money to do stuff. That's their money. And I want to make sure that they get their money's worth and it's invested in the right places. You know, even when mm. it came to like, uh, you know, something simple like getting, you know, getting the packing tape, you know, so you oh, can yeah. have your, you know, your Gemini mailer look cool, you know, just simple shit like that. You know, mm-hmm. like I had to look up where to go for that. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of little stuff, you know, it is man. Big time. It's and those little tiny touches make the experience of getting your book all the better and first impressions count you want a really positive uh association to your book when it arrives at the backer's doorstep because if it's a negative one man they're always going to remember that it's going to be like burned into their brain so put your best foot forward you know i gotta say uh working at the or stuff and all the extra effort we put into um, you know, the additional prints, the little uh, extras that we want to include just to make it a special day when Kozil stands up at your doorstep. You know, that, that's taken way more money than, than we could have ever uh, imagined, you know, putting all that stuff <laughs> together. And um, and then there's, you know, the doing the test prints and making sure that it, it's just perfect the way in which it comes out. And that goes for not just how it looks on the page, but also the different paper weights and the different paper finishes that you're going to go for as well. Uh, some people might not be as crazy as we are or as perfectionist about it. But, dude, for me, it's like that's the enjoyment. Like, yeah, it'll yeah. cost money, sure, but it's way more fulfilling to me to be able to put out a, a killer comic book. Like, I want the package for myself to be kick-ass, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's really the first time around. Once all that's worked out, then you know what to do that for the second book and the third book and the fourth book. And there are a ton of people out there, especially within the Comiscate community, who are just waiting to help. They want to be us people. Like, people mm-hmm. love helping others. So be sure to hit them up if you're ever in doubt. Michael Bancroft was our savior. He helped us out with all the pre-press. He showed me pretty much exactly what to do, gave me a lot of tips. And so when I sent off my first test prints, they came back pretty okay. Like, they were actually fairly good. Nice. And it was it was thanks to him. I, I managed to skip out on a lot of expensive trial and error because of that. So it's definitely worth your while um, to to do your research, to hook up with the right people and educate yourself so you can release a better product and give it to your audience. Yeah, we we have the benefit, um, you know, especially guys that are coming in as late, I guess, if you want to say it, as, as I am, had the benefit of so many people before me for a few years working out all the kinks and figuring mm-hmm. out better ways to do stuff. So, you know, if I'm not coming in and utilizing that, that wisdom that they're giving me and the advice, you know, then, then I'm not doing the best I can to put the product out. So it makes no sense for me to put as much as I'm putting into the, the look of the book, if I'm not also trying to do as best as I can when it comes to fulfillment and shipping, you know, for sure, man, big time. Um, well, that is, uh, that's pretty much it, man. I think we've had an awesome interview here today. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. The last thing that I want to ask you is, uh, what is the impact that you want to leave with your comic books on CG and really any fans that are going to look into picking up your book and, and you know, the, what, what kind of experience do you want to leave them with? What's your grand ambition? What's the point in you making comic books? What do you want to leave? What kind of footprint? Well, one, I want to have uh, an iconic character 
something mm -hmm. that everybody knows who it is by the look of the design uh, and the feel of the book. You know, I want to have that the same kind of feel as, as what I had when I was growing up with certain characters in books. I want to have uh, people to know that when they, they read my book, it's it's a kick-ass fun book. You know, I'm not trying to do Shakespeare here. I'm trying to provide some entertainment and some awesome visuals that I can to people, you know, and I just want to, yeah. I want to leave a long, a lasting experience so that years down the line, somebody could still pick up this book and be like, man, I remember, remember how fun this was to read when I first read it. So basically yeah, I want to give everybody the experience that I got as a kid reading the stuff that I read and inspired me and just, you know, I'll still pick up books from 30 years ago and just, you instantly remember how cool it was when I read that. That's what I want to do. You know, Hell that's yeah, what I'm man. trying to accomplish. And in doing so, dude, I think that you're going to inspire a whole bunch of other people to keep making great comic books as well. And uh, I hope we do see more creators putting out books to the level of quality that we see within uh, Death Reaper. No, Reaper Destroyer. The name? Reaper Destroyer, that's right. <laughs> Dude, I swear, I, I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> it's okay. Like Every time I super chat Ethan, he always yeah. reads it, Reaper Destroy. I'm like, there's an ER <laughs> on the end of it. There's an ER. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, man. It's weird, man. I've had an influx of people recently, people I know calling me Corey, my brother. I'm like, Dude, <laughs> nice. it's, it's Clayton. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty funny. I don't know why that happens so much. Uh, Corey must be easier to remember, I guess. I should be. just call that myself Clay. I mean, I'll show yeah. it. It should be easier. Uh, yeah, man. All right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. I, I won't keep you any longer. Uh, big thank you to the chat uh, for hanging out with us and sticking with chat. us. This has been a great show. Almost a solid two hours of just hanging out with Joe Sontag, talking comic book art. And I uh, hope to have you back again soon, man. I'd love it's, to, man. I love uh, coming on. It's fun conversations every time I'm on here. So I appreciate it. Appreciate the chat. Love you all. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Sing it oh, yeah. to what? Leopard Messiah, Bow to Reaper. Bow to Reaper Destroyer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> down, 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 down. Yeah. There you go, Kevin. That's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me uh, any of the social media sites, Joe Sontag or Joe M. Sontag. I'm primarily on Twitter, although I'm on I'm on the rest as well. Uh, Joe M. Sontag on YouTube. I have my own channel. I'm sitting at 918 subs, so if you haven't subbed yet, please sub to that. I'm trying to get to 1,000 at some point. Whenever that happens is whenever it happens. I'm fine with that. Uh, also, Out and Stuff channel on Wednesdays and Fridays. You can find me with my co-host, Sean Arendt, uh, talking comics, talking Ot and stuff. We got mm -hmm. Noah of NTM Comics coming on tomorrow night. Going to talk about Mavericks in his Ninja Launch. We're going to do a little drawing. It's going to be a good time. And uh, yes, the Reaper Destroyer Ash Can is fulfilling right now. So if you got this, it's going to be in the mail at some point. I've got uh, two more shipments to send out, and then all the books will be out in the mail. I am going to do a second chance campaign for everybody that missed out on the first time. I've gotten so many uh, requests when people have finally seen the book come out. So I think I'm going to do a second chance in february it's going to be a silver foil instead of the gold foil so and then oh yeah uh the uh, mailing list for reaper destroyer is going to launch in february too i don't have a date yet but sometime in february i'll be dropping the mailing list and the campaign will be in april so yeah, yeah. that's it i'm hanging out for mine too i might have to wait a little while but maybe just a little bit we'll get it to you that'll uh that'll make it all the more enjoyable you know uh with a uh, time makes the heart grow fonder is that not it's true 
I've, I've heard the, that. Not that the truth. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, take care of yourselves, and uh, we will see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye for now. Hail chat.